Good morning, Bob. Thank you so much. It is so nice to have that sunshine now, isn't it? We are loving that. It sure well, is. Welcome to the Prairie Doc Radio Program. I am Laura Ellsworth, and this is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Richard Holmes. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605 692 1430. 605 692-1430. With us today to answer your medical questions is Dr. Kelly Evans. Dr. Evans' specialty is internal medicine, and she works with Avera Medical Group's Brookings and Volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Evans. Good morning, Laura. Morning, good morning. Are you enjoying the sunshine today as well? Yes, I'm. I'm enjoying seeing some sunshine out my window. I got out for a jog this morning. It, it's. I think it's good for everybody's minds to see some sunshine and be able to get out in the fresh air. Absolutely, it really, really helps. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Evans, could you give us an update on um, what we're doing and learning more about COVID-19 and how? Um, things are changing um, at Avera Clinic to meet some of those needs and changes. I would love to talk about that. So obviously this is none of this is news to anyone at at this point. Life has changed for everybody in a lot of ways. Um, Here in in Brookings at our Avera Clinic, um, life is very different too. You know, it's the age of everybody's working via telephone and Zoom meetings and there's some degree of that happening in our office as well. Um, I would say that, you know, maybe a month to six weeks ago when we started seeing the first cases of COVID-19 in South Dakota, our group really tried to be proactive about how we could best manage how to do healthcare in this setting when we're worried about infectious risk. Um, and so if, you know, some of our viewers may or may not have been in the clinic, they may have had an appointment rescheduled. They may um, have, maybe they've been someone who's done a virtual visit with us and, and have a, had a taste of this, but the clinic looks a lot different right now compared to what it did six weeks ago. Um, and, and, and the, the way we're doing medicine right now is very different, and, and hopefully it won't be that way forever. Um, but I, I would like to f- just fill everybody in on why that is and, and what that means for our patients. Right. Yeah. So if um, yeah, so tell us a little bit more about why why some of these most important changes are in place. Yeah. So our biggest concern when this all started was what we you know we we have known from the start of this pandemic coming to the U.S., I think we knew clearly from the data out of China early on that this virus is one that is very contagious and that can, in some people, cause very mild disease or or no symptoms at all, such that our biggest concern would be um, either patients or staff bringing the virus in through our doors and potentially putting other patients or our staff at risk if we didn't think really hard about how we were in contact with each other. And I mean, this, this is bas- it's basically the same principles that has 
dictated how we have changed our workplaces and um, and all the social distancing measures that we have put in place in the rest of our community are things that we have to think about in clinic too, because obviously this is a place where people come in close contact. Um, and so that, that was probably the primary driver of it. Another big concern that we obviously have is in some of these hot spots, because um, healthcare providers are at very high risk of infection because they're coming into contact with people sick with this virus who are um, emitting virus. And so we wanted to make sure that we were being as careful as we could and we're protecting our front desk staff and our nursing staff and our physicians and other providers as best we could because we know that if if we were to get a surge of patients here in Brookings, we need all hands on deck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how how are we um, how are we triaging patients here in Brookings yeah. um, so, if they have the symptoms or are are concerned? Yeah, yeah. So so I you know this means a handful of things. One is that we want to deal with patients who have symptoms that might be COVID nineteen in the best way that we can in a way that protects everybody. Um, and so what that means is that, you know, the, the first really thing that we tried to get out in the community was please call ahead. You know, if you have symptoms, please don't walk on in into the clinic with us being unprepared um, to minimize risk of, of transmission. So, um, and I, I think patients over the last few weeks that really has caught on and people are doing a great job of calling ahead. Um, so, for example, if someone were to call the clinic today and say, I have a new cough and fever um, and have classic symptoms, we would triage those patients to what, what we're calling our respiratory clinic. So those, those patients are going through a separate entrance of the clinic from everybody else. Um, they aren't waiting in a waiting room. They're, a nurse in pr personal protective equipment actually goes to get those patients from their car to take them directly to a room. And all of the evaluation occurs with staff that are in full personal protective equipment or PPE. So they're wearing appropriate masks and face shields. And obviously, we've not had very many cases in Brookings. And so almost all of those patients do not have COVID-19. Um, but we're doing what we have to do to make sure that we aren't unknowingly um, exposing other patients and our staff to someone that may have that virus. Got it. Very good. Well, it's about time for us to take our first break, and this will give us an opportunity for our listeners to give us a call and let us know what questions you have for Dr. Evans this morning. And so you can give us a call at 605-692-1430 with any of your questions, and we will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group, Brookings. We are living in a stressful time as we deal with the global pandemic. The following are some tips to help your emotional health. Fuel your body by eating a healthy, well-balanced diet and drinking plenty of water. Aim to get seven to eight hours of sleep each night. Exercise every day. Take deep breaths and stretch often. Avoid risky or destructive behaviors, such as abusing alcohol or drugs, excessive gambling, or ignoring public health recommendations. Spend time outside, such as going for a walk in a park, but follow social distancing guidelines. If you feel overwhelmed by the emotional pressures, reach out to family, friends, or your medical provider. 
This tip is brought to you by the Ameramedical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here with you to discuss your medical questions, and you can give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before the break, Dr. Evans was filling us in a little bit on how um, the Vera Medical Group Brookings is clinic is treating patients who may have um, some of the typical COVID symptoms um, through the respiratory clinic area. Dr. Evans, can you tell us more about how you, how other patients are being seen or served if we're, as we all have other medical issues arising right. in our lives as well? Yeah, and I think this is a real concern for all of us in healthcare is that, you know, we, we are kind of doing what we need to do to change our practices to minimize the risk presented in our communities by COVID-19, but we can't pretend that other medical problems don't continue to go on, and we don't want to neglect people's chronic problems for too long either. So, Mm -hmm. you know, how how we have tried to deal with this, and I think every community looks a little bit different on how they're doing this based on their resources and what the, the structure of healthcare is like. Um, we have delayed um, and rescheduled a lot of our visits for sort of stable patients. So the patients that are that just need to come in for their annual physical and preventive care for patients who maybe have stable diabetes or blood pressure that we're confident can wait a few months. We've we've simply just rescheduled those and try to try to eliminate risk. We certainly do have ways for patients to be evaluated appropriately for new problems that come up. So a patient with abdominal pain or a patient with urinary symptoms, et cetera, we still have an an urgent care track that um, does not involve that, that respiratory clinic that we talked about before. And then mm-hmm. the, the other side of this is so patients that it's, maybe it's not urgent care, but maybe it's things that we don't want to wait too long. So examples of that would be things like well child checks for infants and, and kids under two, where we really want p- kids to stay on track with their immunizations. Um, or maybe it's someone who was just discharged from the hospital and really needs someone to listen to their lungs again. We have a track for those things too. So we're, we're trying to both make sure that we see patients who need to be seen safely in the clinic um, in, in as safe a way as possible. And all patients and staff get screened for fever and symptoms at the door so that we don't accidentally miss some of those patients that we should be more careful about. Um, and then, you know, something that is, is sort of become very new for us in the setting of this pandemic is that we're doing a lot of what we call virtual visits. Um, so I've been doing this in my office for about the last month. So, so patients, I can, we have a way with our electronic record for patients to log on and basically use their smartphone or their laptop computer to do a video chat with me. Um, and there, you know, there are a lot of visits that, that can be done well that way. Certainly not all. I mean, there are some, some things that, that uh, someone actually needs, we need to take vital signs and we need to um, listen to heart and lungs or, or press on your belly or, you know, not everything can be done this way. But there are some things that it works great for, and so we've really been able to utilize that. That's something that we really weren't able to do at all before this pandemic, and, and sort of necessity has pushed, pushed that part of medicine forward, which maybe is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've um, mentioned this before on the show, too, as we've been exploring these virtual visits, but Dr. Evans, what have you found to be most helpful? 
are most um, productive when you're doing a virtual visit with a patient. Like, when does it go the best? <laughs> like, when do you feel like you can, like you and the patient can sure. come up with the best solution for you? Yeah, I think I think there there are, so there are a handful of you know reasons for appointments that I think fit great with a virtual visit, and one of those can be um, mental health. So things mm-hmm. like um, and and we're see, unfortunately seeing a lot of this patients who have chronic anxiety or chronic mood disorders. Those things may certainly be worse right now just because of all of the stress that is that is going on in the world. Um, so if someone's having more problems than usual with their chronic depression or anxiety and, and we just need to maybe talk about some medication adjustments or trying to get them hooked up with some telephone counseling, that's a great um, and, and something that we can do quite well with a virtual appointment. Um, yeah. There are some sort of, go ahead. No, that's great, great, because yes, yeah, many, yeah. this is obviously a time that many of us are experiencing increased anxiety, and so if we need to reach out for help, to know that we can still connect with our physicians that way is really helpful. Right, right. Those are things that we can do without necessarily having someone in the office. There are some, you know, chronic medication management things that are easily done um, without seeing someone face-to-face. So we can review blood sugars and and things like diabetes trends and medications pretty easily um, that way. Um, If someone has a home blood pressure cuff and they're having some difficulty with blood pressure, to some degree that might be able to be managed without a visit. Um, the challenge comes, you know, sometimes um, there are things that we just can't do vi- virtually. You know, there are some things that we need to lay our hands on patients, and there are some things that we would require, you know, we need to do lab work or something. And there's, so, so there are some things that can't be done outside the office. Um, and I would say, you know, the other thing that our clinic has done is we actually have a triage team. So, I mean, in normal times when you call the clinic for the, an appointment, you get a reception person who sort of has a a standard way in which they book appointments. Um, Right now, we actually have a team of nurses and either a nurse practitioner or a PA um, sort of screening through the phone calls for appointments to try and get people booked in the best way possible. Um, So we have people who know, know how to do this that are actually directing what type of appointment gets booked, which helps a lot too. Excellent. Very good. Well, it's time for us to take our next break. And so, listeners, if you have any questions for Dr. Evans, you can give us a call now at 605-692-1430. We'll return following this message from Avera Medical Group Brookings. Spring tries to present itself in the upper Midwest. Some of you may encounter problems with allergies. It is important to talk with your primary care provider or allergist before starting new allergy medications. Once a pattern of treatment has been established, it is generally recommended that you start your treatment routine several weeks before your particular allergy trigger. If you have questions about allergy care, talk with your primary care provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Dr. Evans has been filling us in on some of the changes you might see at the clinic, and if you need um, to see um, your medical doctor, you um, 
can still connect them with them in a variety of ways. So thank you for that um, overview and how we're trying to keep patients safe here in Brookings. Um, so we've talked about the clinic. Dr. Evans, could you fill us in on the hospital? I understand the hospital has also been doing a ton of planning and preparing for possible surge and to just continue to keep their patients safe as well. Um, could you give us an update um, on the hospital as well? Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm involved in a <clears throat> committee that's doing some planning for that. Um, you know, it's it's odd. I I my typical day to day is I'm here seeing patients um, from the beginning to the end of my day, and now my days are filled with meetings, meetings, meetings. And so I feel like I feel like my entire job has changed um, temporarily. But um, so there a ton of planning goes in. And anyone who's worked in healthcare knows that it's a complex health system and and creating change usually isn't something that happens fast, but we've had to make so many changes in a very short amount of time. So I'm really proud of how both our clinic and our, our Brookings Health System Hospital have, have been very responsive to this challenge. Um, so things at the hospital really are, our focus is partly on planning for worst case scenarios. And certainly we have not encountered that type of scenario yet, but we would rather be over-prepared than under-prepared if we were to have a high number of patients with this disease. And so that, that involves, um, you know, bringing team members together from all professions that work in the hospital, nursing, pharmacy, respiratory therapy, uh, administration, infection control, all of these parties um, that will be needing to be in contact with patients and, and to try and maximize how we can perform if that does present a challenge. Um, the other part of that planning has to do with um, just what if we suddenly have far more patients than we typically are capable of handling at, at the Brookings Health System. And so talking about um, where we can have patients safely housed that we wouldn't always have them. How do we keep patients who do have COVID-19 sort of away from non-infected patients and try and minimize um, minimize risk to both other patients and staff. Those are all conversations that we have had numerous times over the last handful of weeks. And I every week I feel more confident that we are ready if, if things do uh, hit our community in a way that we hope it doesn't. All right. Yes, a mm -hmm. lot of planning and preparing, huh? So many, yes, so many meetings, so much, so many, like you said, so many um, perspectives needed um, as you prepare for something like that too. So that absolutely. So um, you talked a little bit about, you know, like X. Um, what are some of the creative solutions that you guys are coming up with to increase beds or um, provide mm -hmm. possible ventilators and things like that? What are some of the um, um, solutions? Yeah, and so you know, these with? are. These, these are all real things that, that certainly a small hospital, um, like our community hospital compared to large hospitals, we have very real limitations in numbers of, of pieces of equipment like ventilators, et cetera. Um, so, you know, part of, part of that is trying to understand, okay, uh, who will be um, transferred in, in, in the setting that they need a higher level of care than we're able to provide at the moment. 
But that worst case scenario is if, you know, the Sioux Falls hospitals are saturated and we need to be able to, to care for those people here. Um, so, you know, talking about using ventilators that are normally used in um, the surgical suites as opposed to used for medical patients, those are things, conversations that we've had. We actually have had very great response from the hospital in purchasing some new oxygen delivery equipment um, that um, may be helpful for these patients short of ventilators. Um, and great involvement from our respiratory therapy team on how can we make the most of the equipment that we already have on hand for patients that might be quite ill with this disease. Um, so uh, just a, a great a great team response to try and maximize our capacity to help. All right, very good. And just want to touch briefly too. Your um, the hospital has very limited visitors, if any. Is that right as well? As Correct. Um, Correct. Yeah, okay. we're minimizing visitors, um, except in, in certain circumstances. Just like really all hospitals and healthcare facilities, really in the nation, are doing right now. Yeah, very good. Mm -hmm. Well, we're looking yeah. forward to um, this Thursday, uh, tomorrow night, um, Dr. Kelly Evans will be hosting the Prairie Doc television show um, on Thursday, April 23rd at 7 p.m. on South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television. And could you tell us a little bit more about this week's show and what you're hoping to cover um, on the television yeah, show this week? Yeah, so we've taken a couple weeks, quote, I'll say, quote, a break from COVID-19. Um and, and are coming back to that topic this week. Um, I'm going to have, my guest is going to be my friend, Michael Pietala. He's a pulmonary and critical care physician from Yankton who will be joining us via Skype, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking about COVID-19 and taking questions, but hopefully we'll be able to focus more on what people are hearing in the media about um, therapies, meaning medications, et cetera, for COVID-19. What evidence do we have? What evidence do we need? Um, and, and what are the potential pluses and minuses of these various things? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be very interesting. Dr. Evans wrote a, an essay uh, that helps explain the importance of using randomized controlled trials to develop medical treatments. And you can read that in Monday's Brookings Register or many other local newspapers, or you'll find it on the Prairie Doc website. Um, Dr. Evans, can you tell us more about the randomized controlled trials and why those are so important? Yeah, this is a hard topic. I mean, this is one of those what we call evidence-based medicine and critical appraisal of the literature is, is a topic so dry that, I mean, I cringe to think about the medical school lectures that we had on this. So it's, it's, a, it's a challenging thing to bring um, to, to the rest of the world the importance of this. Um, really what a randomized controlled trial does is, is it tests a certain drug in this case against a placebo in an identical group of patients. And what we have found um, time and time again through history is if we do any other type of trial or evidence, we often will get different results than we do in a randomized controlled trial, which means that without doing that, our, our evidence is just flawed. There's just no two ways about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, ideally we would have that evidence. The problem is that these things take a lot of time and a lot of investment. And so for something like this COVID-19, there's going to be a lot of really sort of what we would call poor quality data that we have to sift through before 
we get the high quality data. Um, but these trials are ongoing. I think we're going to have more and more answers over the next six plus months. But we, it takes a certain degree of patience. Yes, like you said, we we just kind of want to know answers right now, but that's not an option when we want to um, look at the science, is it? So we have to no. give it time. Yeah. Um, you want do you want to touch briefly on some of the um, treatments maybe that are being explored through trials? Yeah, so you know, there's I, I would say the one that's probably gotten the most media attention is hydroxychloroquine, um, which you know it's it's described as anti-malarial. Really, in the U.S., it's used almost exclusively in autoimmune disease like um, lupus, um, and and this is something that's a pill, um, and you know that really the the studies that got so much press in the lay media have to do with a small group of patients in France that were studied. And unfortunately, you know, they, there, there are plenty of problems with the study itself, but one of the big ones is the outcome that they studied was um, just the testing of virus in the nose. Um, so they didn't even actually tell us what happened to those patients. I mean, what we really want to know is did those patients live or die? Did they need a ventilator or not need a ventilator? And some of those much more important outcomes. Um, so I think a lot has been extrapolated from a study that during normal times wouldn't be given much credence, but we are not living in normal times right now. Right, right. Well, it's time for us to take our final break. And so we will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group Brookings. Hospice is medical care designed to maximize comfort and quality of life for patients facing terminal illnesses. Hospice provides pain management, emotional support, help with family caregiving, and spiritual care to patients and their families when a cure is not possible. Brookings Health System employs a caring team of professionals and volunteers sensitive to the changing needs of patients and family members during this difficult time. To find out more about hospice in Brookings, South Dakota area, call 696-9000 or talk with your primary care provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to the Prairie Doc radio program. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to answer your medical questions. She's been providing us lots of great information um, on the coronavirus and what we're doing locally to address that. And, um, and now looking at the science of um, treatments and um, research on those treatments. We also wanted to talk a little bit about vaccines and the process for creating a vaccine. I, I think a lot of us are hopeful that we'll have a vaccine sooner rather than later. Yeah. Can you tell us about um, the vaccine yeah, I mean, so, right, so, and I'm certainly not an expert on this, but I have done quite a bit of reading um, about this as it pertains to our current situation. The typical yeah. vaccine yeah. development process for, for other diseases is a very long one, and, you know, from, from start of research to actual, actually being able to get a product uh, to the masses, typically is between 10 and 15 years. Um, so this is, you know, hoping for a vaccine in a, in a calendar year is something that's 
unheard of. Um, I think the the fastest thing that that has come about was when when we had a Zika virus outbreak. A lot of that was fast tracked, but unfortunately, that was or I, I should say fortunately, <laughs> that was an outbreak yes. that kind of fizzled out um, before the vaccine was needed on a wide scale. So the the process really wasn't completed. So, you know, there there's a lot of research and then safety testing that goes on in the early stages of vaccine development. Um, I think most people who know a lot about this topic are hopeful that we may have, have something to get out within a two-year time frame. Um, and maybe much sooner than that is, is not terribly realistic. I think the other thing we have to be prepared for, and I think people at very high levels are talking about this is once we do have a safe and effective vaccine developed, the other challenge is production. Um, you know, as we know, because, for example, our annual um, flu shots that have to be manufactured every year, this is a challenging thing. It's not like we can just, you know, come up with a billion vaccines out of a factory somewhere. This is something that takes a lot of resources. And so uh, that's another big thing that people are planning for is how do we quickly manufacture this to get it to the masses or and who's going to get it first when the vaccine is limited. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, Dr. Evans, we have learned a lot from you today. Thank you so much um, for sharing your knowledge with us and appreciate you calling in. Dr. Evans and I are both calling in today to mm-hmm. help keep each other and everyone safe. So thank you. Yeah, for thanks, that Laura. Part. I look, I look yes. forward to yes. being in the same room with you again. I know, I know. That's good. <laughs> before before we do go, I just want to remind our listeners: please, be, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. and this Thursday, April 23rd, the show topic is the science of treating COVID-19. And Dr. Evans will be hosting, and Michael Pietala will be the guest physician. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Kelly Evans for joining us today. And as Dr. Holmes would say, stay stay healthy healthy out there, people. people.